And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show with Lance Roberts. Presented by RIA Advisors. And welcome to the show this morning at 6.06 as we get today underway. Today, we're going to be talking about Peter Thiel and uh, his Roth IRA. Why is that a big deal? Well, I brought Richard Rosso in, certified financial planner, this morning to talk about the advantages of a Roth IRA and why you can hate the player, but don't hate the game. So we'll get into that this morning, so stick around. Before we get to that point, though, some other things that are kind of happening this morning. Pay attention to what's happening with Treasury yields right now, because this is telling you a much bigger story. I've got an article coming on this, uh, coming out on this on Friday. But yields have been dropping, and not just a little bit here, but actually fairly sharply. We're down to 1.37% on the 10-year Treasury rate right now. Now, why is that important? Well, the reason that's important is that Treasury yields have a very high correlation historically to both economic growth and inflation. So as we start talking about the second quarter and uh, start looking at second quarter earnings, which will start next week, we're also going to start talking about the fact we're also looking at peak ISM numbers. Uh, if you take a look at the ISM Services Index, that's now rolled over. The City Surprise Index is back to zero. Um, as it, really a lot of this economic data has started to come in and show some signs of early weakness. Now, not surprising because this is what we've been talking about now here for a while that we have seen the peak of stimulus right we did five trillion dollars worth of stimulus through government debt issuance over the last year 20 percent of gdp in some form of stimulus right whether it was direct checks to households unemployment benefits etc well now all that starting to now fade behind us, right? So our last stimulus checks came out earlier this year in February, and by September, nine million people are gonna come off the rolls for unemployment benefits. They're gonna have to go back to looking for work. And as we talked a little bit about yesterday, uh, the searches for stimulus checks have really dropped off sharply, and nobody's searching for stimulus anymore because they're starting to realize that's over. The searches for remote work, those are sharply on the rise here. <laughs> so, yeah, people have to go back to work here sooner rather than later. But what this is all telling you, though, is that we've likely seen the peak of economic growth that's also going to translate into a potential problem for stocks later on this year because earnings estimates are way, way, way too high right now. So there's a, there's a long-term historical correlation between earnings and economic growth, considering that's you know, earnings are where, you know, economic growth is where earnings actually come from. It's what you and I buy, what we spend, that's where the revenues come from for companies. So the fact that markets are trading at more than two times the valuation of the economy, that tends to be a little bit problematic for generating the level of earnings that Wall Street currently expects. So there's a real risk here, my point being, uh, of disappointment uh, ahead. And pay attention to what Treasury yields are telling you because, again, that correlation is already telling us that economic growth is likely going to start weakening here over the next couple of quarters. Um, again, you know, this is something that um, is, is worth paying attention to as well as watching the yield curve, which is also starting to flatten. So particularly the 10-year interest rate versus the two-year interest rate, that curve is starting to flatten out. Now look, 
yield curves are important only when they're negative, right? That's the precursor to a recession. This is one of the misnomers that you'll get out of the media a lot of times that a yield curve, an inverted yield curve is, tells you a recession is there. That's not true. Yield curves predict a recession. Yield curves are always negative prior to a recession. Now we're not negative on the yield curve, so there's nothing to worry about right now. There's no immediate concern about a recession, but if we start collapsing that yield curve more over the course of the next few months, that may start to tell us that a recession is approaching faster than a lot of people certainly expect. And again, considering that the economic boost that we got was a lot of stimulus, we've dragged forward a lot of sales. In fact, when we take a look at retail sales in particular, we've dragged forward about five years worth of retail sales because of all the stimulus. That potentially sets up the risk of a recession because you've created a, a void of economic activity in the future. So that potentially sets up a recessionary environment within the next 18 to 24 months. But watch the yield curve because that'll tell you everything you need to know about that. Very quickly here, let's get back to the markets. Um, as we talked about yesterday, the markets had a good day on, on Friday. And of course, Monday was a holiday. Yesterday, we actually gave up during the day. We actually gave up that entire gain. Did recover a bit of it yesterday. But again, just kind of I'm stuck here at this point. Again, uh, buy signals in place really not a lot to worry about here the thing to pay attention to though is the nasdaq uh, one thing that's been going on in the markets here is breath has been pretty horrible lately <laughs> it's primarily been driven by the five major fang stocks a big flight to to liquidity safety so to speak a lot of money flowing at yesterday really the supportive aspect of the nasdaq was amazon which was up about five percent yesterday on news that the Pentagon canceled their Jedi contract. They actually, they actually came out and said, well, things changed. So the contract that we gave for $10 billion for cloud services to Microsoft, um, we're just gonna split that and give you know, half to each company because we're just good guys, I guess you know, Darth Vader's at work here somewhere, but uh, that Jedi contract really kind of weighed on Microsoft a little bit yesterday, but big boost to Amazon and of course AWS services from Amazon yesterday. That helped support the NASDAQ yesterday to a good degree. But again, the NASDAQ very elevated here on the money flow signals. Last time that we were kind of this elevated and this extended with also a MACD at this level uh, was back here earlier in April where we had a fairly big correction in the markets. And again, Nothing to worry about here in particular, but we've gone a very, very long time right now without having a 5% correction in the market. So as we get through July, get into August, September, the risk of that type of a correction is certainly rising, particularly when you have technical indicators as stretched as they are currently. And in particular, you take a look at a survey out this morning from TD Ameritrade, retail traders at TD are the most allocated equities ever on record. Positioning by professional managers, most allocated on record. So again, we've just got kind of everybody invested into the equity markets right now. And that's, that's the way markets work. They tend to kind of suck everybody into the market near a peak, and then you eventually wind up getting a correction. So again, nothing to worry about here at the moment. You know, the, the S&P, the NASDAQ are doing just fine here. There's a rotation from that reflation trade back into the growth trade. Why? Because if we are having a peak of economic activity and earnings are going to slow down because of that, you want to be in the companies that actually can generate earnings in a slower growth environment. That's technology versus, say, 
um, you know, your your banks and finance and those type of things, kind of the reflation side of the trade. Uh, small caps and mid caps are really under a lot of pressure. Exactly the same reason that we we're just talking about here. That reflation trade really kind of over here, uh, mid cap under a lot of pressure yesterday. Small caps, exactly the same way. You just see a lot of pressure in that, you know, what was the reflation trade earlier this year has really been kind of rotating back off of that. Expectations for economic growth starting to slow down as well. Um, also, emerging markets showing exactly the same thing. This is kind of your real kind of proxy for that reflation trade. Is, is kind of emerging markets. That's also been under a lot of pressure, broke down both the 20 and the 50 day moving average, about to trigger another sell signal here. Uh, emerging markets and international really not a place to be right now. So again, that's just kind of the recap this morning. We'll do a three minutes on markets and money about this here after the show today and have that out for you as well on the website, realinvestmentadvice.com. Stick around, we're gonna come back, pick up with Richard Rosso, certified financial planner, talking about Peter Thiel's $5 billion uh, Roth IRA. Should we get rid of Roth? We'll talk about that when we come back from the break. Don't go away. Listening to the Real Investment Show. You could be one of the seven in ten people requiring long-term care in your lifetime. Are you prepared for nursing home care costs averaging more than seventy-six hundred dollars a month? Our next virtual lunch and learn will cover the management of long-term care expenses that could make or break your retirement. Join Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff for the basics of long-term care. Long-term care. Register at realinvestmentadvice.com for our virtual lunch and learn on long-term care. July. 8th at noon, realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. Welcome back to the show this morning. Uh, Richard Rosso joining me this morning, certified financial planner, to talk a little bit about uh, Peter Thiel and his Roth IRA. Real quick, though, a couple of questions here, right? So mm -hmm. I was thinking about this, and then I, actually I was, I was thinking about writing an article on this, and then Brent actually posted this on my notes page this morning. You know, we talk about how productivity is supposed to make our lives so much better, right? Right. Right, so because we can do more, we can be more productive, and that means we have more leisure time to do other stuff, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. If you think about it, in the first half of the century, families primarily had one working person. The other person stayed at home, right. raised the kids, took care of the household, right? And everything was good. In fact, we had in the 50s, 60s, and, and really 70s, you had some of the, the, the best economic prosperity um, GDP was growing at eight and nine percent, mm -hmm. and you know, you know, life was pretty good, right? People didn't have any household debt to speak of. The average debt to household was about sixty percent of net income. So that was all your mortgage, 
for the most part. Everything well, else paid for in cash. Correct. Nobody had credit cards, really. It's like Nirvana we're going through here. Exactly. We went to memory lane. Yeah, I know, right? I love it. So since then, though, now we have all this productivity, right? We've got smartphones and computers and technology, and now both parents have to work in order to make ends meet. Hmm. <laughs> Just. But it seems it's, like it's the kinda, kids have a lot of time on their hands to tweet. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They're very productive with their tweeting. But no, I mean, look, it, it's interesting that the more productivity that we get is supposed to be making us more efficient. And this is one of the big arguments is that, well, technology is great because as we create more technology, yes, it'll put people out of work. But then those people can go get a job making new technology, right? It doesn't really work that way. In reality. doesn't seem to be working that way at all. It's actually pushing people more into their basements, <laughs> tossing out vitriol about people who make money. Right. Which brings <clears> us <throat> to our story today. By the way, you've got a um, Lunch and Learn coming up. We have a Lunch and Learn tomorrow. And thank you for everybody who really loves Lunch and Learns. Um, but we are doing long-term care, what we call the financial elephant in the room. I, again, I don't know if I'm offending elephants. I'm sorry. But um, one of the things that you have to keep in mind is these costs can make or break your retirement. We want to go through some of the ways to think about it logically because, Lance, sometimes insurance, even though it's a way to mitigate risk, is not practical. It's expensive for many families. So we want to go through that process. But People are under the misnomer as well as what long-term care is. Long-term care, is it health care? Medicare covers long-term care. It doesn't. We're going to go through that tomorrow at noon. Danny and I, who is actually almost needs long-term care. Oh. Right. He's limited in his activities of daily living. He's been Nancy Kerrigan. Um, he, he, hasn't, so, he hasn't applied for disability yet. But no, I've, but, no. Uh, yeah. But he said, I talked to him yesterday. He says like, I'm hating this. <laughs> uh, Michelle's hating it more. Um, so tune in. Danny will be there with us. He may be a little hopped up on drugs, but he might be funnier than usual. He's usually the straight guy. Um, so just tune into this. It's very important for you to understand that financial elephant in the yeah, room. Exactly. You know, speaking of this is another way that COVID really ripped you off by the way, is because the reason we call these lunch and learns is because we used to have them live in our offices and we bought you lunch. And now you get to do it online and buy your own lunch. So there no, you go. No, we're still buying you lunch. Just like there's virtual land, there's virtual lunch. So we're sending you all a virtual lunch tomorrow. There you go. Uh, yeah. Don't say that because people will be like, where's my order? Just send us $50. <laughs> The DoorDash like, didn't I, come. The DoorDash didn't make it. The virtual dash. I feel like Soupy Sales when he asked every kid to send a dollar, and I was one of those idiots that did, even though it was in reruns. I kept getting the dollar back in the mail, and my mother was like, what are you doing? That's so, funny. Yeah. That's I'm funny, funny. today, because you cracked me. Yeah, exactly. Peter well, Thiel thing. I know. We're going to get the Peter Thiel. <laughs> yeah. So let's, what let's, point did you lose control of the show last? Uh, about uh, <laughs> 6.06 this morning. No, go ahead. Uh so, all right, article out yesterday, kind of running around the media, is talking about Peter Thiel. And Peter Thiel, if you don't know who he is, uh, Peter Thiel's got a long history in finance, but has basically become one of the kind of the leading figures in private equity. And uh, a lot of the companies that you're investing in are companies that Peter Thiel and his virtual uh, um, venture capital company actually brought public. So, you know, PayPal. PayPal being if one of If you're using PayPal, right. Peter Thiel is one of the creators of PayPal. So, you know, that's – and, and so he's made a lot of money 
in. I know we should hate him right now. <laughs> we should hate. Uh, there was, you, but Peter. but this is the problem with a lot of these articles, and and I've I'm toying around with the idea of writing an article about this. I just went through a whole two part series on capitalism versus corporatism. If you haven't read that, by the way. Amazing the way you went through that. I mean, I think that's some of the best pieces you've ever written. Um, I mean, you just really laid it out very well. So well, it should you. be an education piece um, for schools, but they don't want to use that. <laughs> well, ProPublica uh, leans a bit to the left. In fact, they're so far left, they're almost right. Um, mm -hmm. But the point is, is that this a is a country song in there. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. uh, but the the point about ProPublica's article is is really another attack on capitalism, and we'll get into this in a second. But here, let me just read to you a kind of a clip from from the article, and then we'll kind of talk a little bit more about what has happened and what ProPublica is proposing is actually very bad for you. Recently, the investigative site ProPublica published a new article in its series contending a, the wealthiest Americans don't pay their fair share of taxes based on IRS data. It says it obtained. Okay. Well, apparently, uh, I'm going to stop right there real quick. Apparently, ProPublica you know, got tax information from the IRS, but they don't know to actually how to calculate taxes paid by Americans because the top 20% of Americans pay almost entirely all the taxes in the country. Uh, the bottom 30% of people actually get a tax refund. The bottom 50% pay virtually no taxes at all. And very little taxes are paid between the 50 and 80% tax bracket. The bulk right. of the taxes, a very large chunk of the taxes are paid by those who make the most money. And Which is what you would want them to do. And think about the non-refundable tax credits that are going to continue to roll out of the White House. Yeah. Okay, that's another thing. The story, yeah. So continuing so on here. This reinforces your... Yeah, exactly. The, the story claims, yeah. and I want to put that in quotes, uh, wealthy Americans have multi-million or even billion dollar tax-advantaged retirement savings accounts. The largest one cited was a Roth IRA with $5 billion in assets as of 2019 couple of years old, belonging to PayPal founder and investor Peter Thiel. <gasps> Shocking. We should take this guy out and shoot him in the back because he has obviously, he, he just, you know, that can't happen, right? What ProPublica goes on to suggest is that we need to put limits on tax-favored savings accounts like traditional IRAs, like Roth IRAs. And this, you know, on top of this, you know, also limit how much people can not only put in, but how much they can actually earn on it. Now, think about that for just a moment. Now, the reason I brought Richard in, and, and we'll get a little bit more into this after the break here, which we're about to run up on, is why all this is, is a very bad idea. Right. This is all terrible commentary, and it's also the problem with a lot of these publications that people are writing articles. They really have no knowledge about what they're writing about. They're just writing about a feel-good moment to get clicks, and it sounds great. You know, if if you know if you're not if you don't have five billion in your Roth IRA, obviously, <laughs> you know, you you are you know just one of the downtrodden in America, and we need to go after these rich people with pitchforks and torches. 
um, and tear down the entire system because obviously it's very unfair. Yeah, because I can't go invest in Roth IRA for $6,000 a year. I, 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 yeah, agree. <laughs> I mean, if he left all his money in his IRA, mm -hmm. this article would say what? This article would say, look at all the deferred taxes. taxes. Right. He's not paying money in taxes now. It's a no win. Right. And so, guess who gets hurt? Exactly. Well, let's talk about some of the limits here real quick. So Go we're going to relay this out. We'll get into all that when we come back. So what they're proposing are is they, there's existing proposals to impose limits on RIAs, right? So, sorry, IRAs. Mm -hmm. uh, restrict the account size. So you can put money into it, but it can only grow to a certain size. Now, think about that for a moment, because <laughs> every year inflation goes up. A million dollars today, while that seems to be the target, on if you read anything on MSNBC or CNBC, they're like, oh, if you have a million dollars in your account, you're a million dollars will generate you basically about $10,000 a year right now, 13000 to be exact, right now to live on. That's, you know, back in 1980... A million-dollar account would generate you $120,000 a year to live on. And the cost of living in 1980 was about $20,000, $25,000 a year for a family of four. Today, it's 60000 for Lance, a family of four. Lance, why don't you just tell ProPublica that uh, the uh, economic cycles and market cycles will take care of that <laughs> that overfunded Roth and, and or IRA anyway, when you lose 40%, you're just supposed to stick it out. <laughs> exactly. Forced withdrawals. Uh, Senator Wyden's proposing to have forced withdrawals from from, RIA, from IRA, Roth IRAs uh, exceeding $5 million. So once you get to $5 million, you've got to start taking money out of your Roth IRA. Tax-free. Tax, that's tax-free, but yeah, you still got to- Then I'm going to put it into something else that will earn money and not pay tax taxes on it. End uh, Roth IRA conversions. This is something that- uh, Richard's going to have a problem with and crack down on alternative asset IRAs. Now, what does that mean? Well, that's how Peter Thiel made his money in his Roth IRA was through alternative assets. Should we limit that? I mean, that's talking about buying a house and putting it inside your your IRA, right? Gold. Uh, putting gold inside. Yeah, real estate. You know, all um, that. Those right. are alternative assets. Should we get rid of that? Just because one guy... <laughs> brought a company public, benefited from the function of capitalism, and made money? This is the problem with a lot of these people. We'll get into to all the pitfalls here when we come back after the break, but these are the things you've got to think about when before you jump on the bandwagon of, of destroying capitalism. These are the things you need to think about. But we'll come back with all the problems that this potentially creates on Peter Thiel's Roth IRA. Don't go away. listening to The Real Investment Show. You could be one of the 7 in 10 people requiring long-term care in your lifetime. Are you prepared for nursing home care costs averaging more than $7,600 a month? Our next virtual lunch and learn will cover the management of long-term care expenses that could make or break your retirement. Join Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff for the basics of long-term care. Long-term care. Register at realinvestmentadvice.com for our virtual lunch and learn on long-term care. July 8th at noon, realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. Welcome back to the show. So let's get into this uh, issue with Peter Thiel, ProPublica, talking about 
really this idea that you know the rich don't pay their fair share and they're being nefarious and and slick by hiding assets inside of tax deferred vehicles so we need to change the rules on tax deferred vehicles so that well basically they can't get away with this nonsense right you got to be careful with that um and the reason is really twofold one is that this is this goes back to the old saying of don't hate the player hate the game if you don't like the game of capitalism then we can try something else, right? We can try socialism, communism. We can try all kinds of various other measures of, of economic processes. Outcomes historically have not been good for those. But hey, if you want to try it again, we have to, you know, we need to relearn the lessons of the past. I mean, the whole reason that we're here in America is because, you know, a group of guys lived under tyranny, under the King of England and said, hey, I'm tired of being taxed and executed for no reason and tortured and, <laughs> and oppressed. So I'm going to leave and go to another country and start over and do it the right way. And then they write this little document called the Constitution that says, these are the things we will never do again. And here we are 200 and some odd, you know, 20 some odd years mm -hmm. later, 45 years later. Thank you very much. Uh, quick math from Brett Clanton. Yep. Um, he was at the original signing. He was right? at the original signing. Yep. Him and, you know. He, he would have been on there, but Ben Franklin pushed him out of the way. Yep. Um, Knocked him down. <laughs> so, But here we are, 245 years later, we're trying to undo all that. In fact, just over the July 4th weekend, right? Mm -hmm. We got to burn the American flag. We got rid of the Declaration of Independence because those are all racist documents, right? This, this, is, this is the point we've gotten to in the economic cycle. And by the way, this is not new. This is what every major empire throughout history has gone through. We go through this mm -hmm. cycle, we get to complacency, and then it all kind of comes apart, it seems. But this is where we are, right? So these are the, the comments that we're now getting from people like ProPublica. But let's, uh, the reason I brought Richard in this morning is because he really knows the whole ins and outs of IRAs and Roth IRAs, the benefits, the things that you can do with them to, to generate more wealth for you, and why this idea of tearing them down and, and, or getting rid of them is really not such a great idea. Well, so. well, first, I finally realized why J-Lo left A-Rod. His SPAC was too small, <laughs> um, thanks to your commercial. Second, <laughs> I say love the player, love the game. I have a problem, first of all, with IRS leaking anybody's tax returns. So that's a whole other show that you can probably do is where, what's going on when your personal information is leaked. Yeah, um, IRS has been uh, doing that a lot lately. I know. So... The thing you have to keep in mind is there's a SECURE Act that has accelerated the, um, the draining of your IRA if you leave, a, leave that IRA to your children, mm -hmm. right? You used to, they used to be able to take it out over their lifetime. So like my daughter Haley, she inherits my IRA. She could take it out over her lifetime. She's 22 years old. Um, they've limited that, right, mm -hmm. over a 10-year period. So that's one way. So now SECURE Act Part 2, what's funny is they're pushing subversively Roth Things that we've been talking about, Danny and I, for years about how Roth was beneficial due to the onslaught of taxes to Social Security, Medicare surcharges and all that, that if you think you're going to fall into the lowest tax bracket in retirement, that's a story we've been using in financial mainstream media since the late night, early 90s, 80s. And at one time it made sense. And yeah, maybe one out of every 10 people fall into the lowest bracket. But we know 
plans. That's mm -hmm. not the case. And if I consider taxation on Social Security, it's even more so. So the point is, everybody can use the Roth. We suggest that even during a downturn in the market, that you can move money into Roth, you convert money into Roth, and that money is another bucket. Because we only worry about deferring taxes until the tomorrow of retirement is reached. It's always about saving taxes today. So you're going to demonize traditional IRAs, which are appropriate for some people, Roth IRAs for some people, when it's just a way for them to save money in, in, in the most efficient way mm -hmm. possible. So Peter Thiel, first of all, here's a man who just created things we use every day and probably, I don't know how many jobs. Right. He's probably created when people create their small businesses like Etsy. I'm very addicted to Etsy. I'm sorry. Um, they take PayPal. All these financial mediums to pay. Right. So we kill that innovation or someone that's going to will to create it. He makes a legitimate move uh, by making moving lower assets, lower returning assets or assets that haven't blossomed yet. He takes seeds from his IRA, which means he's not going to be taxed on it. And it grows into this huge oak tree in his Roth. We all can do that. We all can take advantage of that. So overall household tax burdens, Lance, you know what's going to happen with all the fiscal stimulus we've taken on. Taxes are going up for everybody in some form. Back door, front door, whatever it is, we're all going to be paying more. Not only that, we know that the Trump uh, or the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, those rates sunset in 2025. In 2026, you're going to see a wedge of, of brackets where if you were in the 12%, you're now in the 15%. Those tax cuts have really benefited, and I ran this analysis years ago and placed it on Facebook, that a couple making like seventy five, eighty thousand with two children were going to benefit from these tax cuts. Those are going away. Everybody's getting a tax increase. So if you think your taxes in retirement are going down, they're not. And Roth is a way for you to remove the burden. Create your own paycheck where I could take money from my IRA pre-tax Roth IRA brokerage, we call it here diversification of accounts. So why this gets demonized now, because someone is following the rules, I guess it's the, it's the, it's the sign of the times. I guess it's the sign of the times. But well, this is still a smart strategy, Roth conversion, Roth IRAs, for many people, even if you're, um, you're told by mainstream financial media that you're going to fall into the lowest tax bracket and, in retirement. And, and let, let's be honest, right? My goal is not to be in the lowest tax bracket when I retire. My goal is to be in the highest possible tax bracket when I get into retirement. That means I've saved up a lot of money and I'm going to retire well. Being in the lowest tax bracket should not be your goal. Um, you know, can you... It seems like you want... Uh, right. You that want, should you, not be You want goal. to manage your taxes when you, obviously, and take advantage of things like IRAs and Roth IRAs to, to minimize your tax impact. But shooting, if your goal is to be in the, low, in the lowest tax bracket, quit your job, spend everything in your bank account, go deeply into debt, and you'll be in the lowest tax bracket. And you'll get government benefits and you won't pay any. Actually, you will get a refund from the government every year from government. I don't know if you want to live your retirement that way, but that's how you do it, Right. 
I think Wall Street's going to squash all this nonsense talk about traditional IRA and all that, all this ProPublica stuff. Yeah. Well, look, Wall Street I, is bigger this, than all of that. And well, in this, some ways, I'm sort of glad they're going to be the checks and balances on this stuff. Well, this is, look, this, this, and it really, this is where this is, where the rubber meets the road. The article's fine, right? Um, but the, the thing that the article misses is that one, the way Peter Thiel created this monster Roth IRA was by investing in startup companies. And he was taking and he was taking risk. He could right? have lost everything. He could have lost everything. He could have invested in PayPal. PayPal went completely bust. His Roth IRA was zero. Could have very well happen. It didn't That's turn right. out that way. But those those risks that he took paid off. And he made a lot of, of money in his Roth IRA because he took those risks. But that is the whole benefit of risk taking. That's why you do it. There is a risk of loss. That's why they call it risk. But if you win the game, you make a lot of money. And there's nothing that's stopping you from doing exactly the same thing. You know, you just have to get to work, right? You've got to go out. You've got to earn a paycheck. You need to save money. Cram your Roth IRA full of stuff. Invest wisely. And you probably won't grow it to $5 billion, but you can certainly grow your Roth IRA to a very substantial amount of money by the time you retire. Here's something else that rich people do that you don't do. They buy whole life insurance policies that's, and they overfund them. That's right. They compound at 4% annually and your withdrawals, your Sorry, your gains grow tax-free. Your withdrawals are tax-free. That's what rich people do. Why aren't you doing it? See, you have advantages that you can take advantage of. You just choose not to because, A, you don't want to sacrifice now to save money. You don't want to do the things necessary to create your wealth Mm long-term. And you're not willing to go out there and put your butt on the line to take the risk of losing everything. And that's what these guys do. They do it smartly. They're not stupid. But they take risk, and that's that's the challenge. And this is the thing that we're trying to tear down. This is capitalism 101. You know, all these type of ideas that, oh, we need to go victimize the rich because, you know, they got rich using the capitalist system is wrong. We should be encouraging people, instead of holding Peter Thiel up as a criminal, that he made all this money in his Roth IRA, and now we need to go confiscate it from him, is hold him up as an idol saying, hey, you can do this too if you're willing to do what is necessary to get there. Wake up every day, work hard, do what you've got to do, do the right things. You too can build, will you build $5 billion? Maybe. It's opportunistic. And this is the whole point. You know, we we want to sit around and complain about all this on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and all these other, you know, use our Apple iPhones, use our Androids. We want to use all the, the tools that capitalism built. And we, by the way, Facebook made Mark Zuckerberg a multi-billionaire. Twitter made Jack Dorsey a billionaire. He still looks <laughs> like a dork surfing with that flag, though. He does, but nonetheless, no matter how ca- we don't victimize Mark Zuckerberg. I'm and victimizing Jack Dorsey him. He looks like a dork for participating <laughs> in the capitalist system, right? We just want to go victimize the guy that funded him. So it's anyway, cool. yeah. We'll be right back after the break. Uh, we'll get to the questions, comments, and wrap up our conversation here about this. Uh, I do have a couple of, of questions about Roth IRA conversions and why they're important. We'll talk about that with Rich when we come back from the break. Don't go away.
get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. You could be one of the 7 in 10 people requiring long-term care in your lifetime. Are you prepared for nursing home care costs averaging more than $7,600 a month? Our next virtual lunch and learn will cover the management of long-term care expenses that could make or break your retirement. Join Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff for the basics of long-term care. Long-term care. Register at realinvestmentadvice.com for our virtual lunch and learn on long-term care. July 8th at noon, realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. So this morning, I'm your host, Lance Roberts. Richard Rosso joining me. Now, normally, Richard has ADD. Actually, he has the old alphabet. But um, I think I've been good this morning. <laughs> There's a lot of things I want to say, and I've been holding my tongue. Well, JP asked specifically if you'd talk about his favorite subject, long-term health care insurance. So <laughs> I don't know if there is such a thing as long-term care. But long-term care for tomorrow, um, very important. He was joking. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that long-term health care insurance there. Thanks, JP. <laughs> so anyway, uh, just to wrap up here. So just to wrap up on Peter Thiel yeah. and, and, you know, kind of the importance. Look, this is just another one of those attacks on capitalism. It's, it's an idiotic argument. The entire premise of the ProPublica article is wrong. Um, but it taps on all the right social media commentary, you Correct. know, i.e. if everybody in the city of Houston— Five million plus people all put two thousand dollars in their Roth IRA. That still wouldn't equate to to Peter Thiel's five billion dollars. Who cares? If I could get everybody in Houston and Austin to contribute two thousand dollars into their IRA, I did my job. That's two thousand dollars towards their retirement that they didn't have before. And the biggest problem for for ninety percent of Americans is they don't save money at all. And even if they do, the government puts so much what I call leakage or holes into your IRA. Now they want to put in in Secure Act Part 2 that you can withdraw $1,000 for emergency savings out of your IRA. Yet another, you know, hit to financial literacy as to why am I putting money in my retirement account and I'm able to tap it to buy a house and all these other things. And they just keep opening the floodgates for you to take money out of your retirement accounts. Right. Well, Ta- penalty free or tax free. Right. And this is what happens is the same thing that happens with their checking account, with their investing account. They get to retirement and there's no money left because they used it for all these other purposes. Right. That's the whole purpose of having the 401k, the, the IRA, the Roth IRA is because you don't have a pension anymore. There used to be a point back in the day, back, remember we were talking about the 50s, 60s, and 70s where the economy was very prosperous and the average American you know, had no debt to speak of? They also had a pension and the companies funded the pensions and it was all in treasuries. And that's all it could be invested in. It could only be invested in treasury bonds. And that the reason was, was to make sure the money was there when people retired. And then in the 90s, corporations lobbied heavily to get that kicked out because, well, they were missing out on being able to participate in the raging bull market of the 90s. And 
shifted the corporate pension onto the individual and 401k plan. So now it's your responsibility to fund your own pension. And now we're wanting to screw that up as well. The whole purpose of a pension, IRA, 401k, Roth IRA, that's your pension, is to make sure it's there when you retire, not use it for all these other things that everybody's trying to figure out. Too. Look, these are all, these, and, and these things all get passed because they're, they're, they're good, feel-good vote things, right? Just like this whole idea that that we're just talking about Peter Thiel. It'll, the, the idea of the changes to these Roth IRAs will never go away because Wall Street is the biggest lobbying group on the planet. And if yeah, anybody wants to be real, if everybody, if anybody wants to get elected, you don't mess with Wall Street, right? No, <laughs> you need their money. I mean, even Joe knows that. I mean, yeah. you don't. And the thing is, I think if we still had, I mean, I think the downfall of a lot of things we see today is the fact that pensions are gone. Mm -hmm. We have lost that secure income. I know there's Social Security, and we talk a lot about that, and we study it. Uh, but the point is, without that guaranteed income, especially in the face of longevity risk, I mean, people are living longer. It creates this process. More, even healthcare. You know, more companies, and Danny and I talk about this, are switching to, say they have a retirement healthcare benefit. They're switching to Medicare Advantage plans, which are not as good as, say, Medigap supplemental plans for Medicare to save money and more and more of these risks are falling upon us it which means that you have to work harder have more ingenuity take bigger risks calculated risks and yet we're going the other way where we want everybody to take care of us mm -hmm. um i don't know where this all all ends but what we want to help people understand at RAA is we teach this importance of diversification of accounts. So if you're a retiree, you are going to maintain greater distribution flexibility and control over tax liabilities. So I had a client, Lance, he needed 50000 him and his wife, to pay off this mortgage on his primary residence. So we withdrew 20000 from his pre-tax account. We took 10000 from his Roth conversion IRA and the remainder from his after-tax brokerage account. And this helped reduce taxes he would have incurred if, say, that entire 50000 had to come out right. of his IRA. Because then we have to help people, all our planners have to help people take money out diligently because people want to pay off their homes if this is where they're going to stay. Well, I can't have you take $200,000 out of your pre-tax IRA at once. Mm -hmm. I've got to come up with a. I've got to come up with a process to do that. Right. Well, no, and, and so, look, and it's not, and, and that's a great point. And this is the thing that that people really do miss, and it's a very important thing, is mm -hmm. that when you're doing tax planning and retirement, the whole benefit, and, and I've I've talked about this since 1999, I think, is, you know, about half your assets should be in taxable accounts. About half should be in tax, and and you can do the you're math and figure like it out. After tax, that's a nice general and, rule. Right, sure. you know, but you have, and the reason, and the reason that you split it up again, you know, one of the traps that people get into is they put everything in their 401k, right? So when they retire, right. right, that's what they're told to. And when they retire, they have everything in their tax deferred account, so they have only one place to draw from. To to Richard's point, if I have a diversification of pre-tax and post-tax accounts. I can then say, I want to be in the 15% tax bracket in retirement or mm -hmm. the 20% or the 8% or whatever it is. I have control. You have control because it just depends on where you draw your money from and how much you draw. So, you know, that's, you know, that's the thing we're messing with. You know, unfortunately, you know, people like ProPublica write these articles and they're, they're great you know, drivers of clickbait and they really get people all fired up and, you know, they get people angry about the system because they're not participating in it. 
the reality is, is that you have the ability to do whatever you want to do. You just have to start taking the action to do it. And it's not too late. You don't have, you know, well, I'm 50. It's too late to get started. No, it's not. I mean, we live to be 90 now. <laughs> so you've got 40 years ahead of you to save, invest, and grow money and secure your financial future. If you're 90, it's probably too late. But, you know, if you're 40, you're 50, it's not too late. You just got to get started. And the problem is that we make too many excuses as to why we can't get started today. We make excuses. Well, you know, it's kind of like dieting, right? I'm going to start my diet today. Well, by the end of the day, you ate Mexican food, so you're going to start tomorrow. And then really tomorrow's not good because tomorrow's Friday. It's the weekend. And, you know, that's got to go out with the buddies and play golf on Saturday. There's always the beer cart there. So I'll start on Monday, right? That's the way it works with retirement savings. You mm -hmm. just got to start and do it and quit making excuses and stop listening to stuff here in the media about why these things are bad. Take advantage of them. They're not going away. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what is going away <laughs> because Richard and I argue about this all the time. Social security is a problem. There you go. <laughs> You know, it's a hundred and sixty-five trillion dollar unfunded liability. So, how many you, seniors are you going to fund? Are you going to house over there at the Roberts compound if Social Security goes away? I just want to know. Um, by the way, if you want to fall into the I, lowest, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's going away, but benefits are going to get cut. Okay. I think they'll probably. I yeah. Well, well, that's that's we, we another two hour. It, we can all we can we we need a podcast on that. We, we can uh, do, we'll do a podcast on that. But here's the point. Yeah, that's the risk. If you're uh, my point is is there the risk is depending entirely on Social Security to fund your retirement. You better take some action. That happens to, a lot. Yeah, you bet, too much it does. You better start taking some actions to secure your own retirement, and then Social Security becomes bread and butter. And if you think you're going to fall into the lowest tax bracket, remember the marginal tax rates in 2017, the 10% bracket is zero to 9,325. So unless you're going to live in a hole, you're not going to fall into the lowest tax bracket. That's a myth from years ago that people are still uh, spousing at major brokerage firms. Yeah, like 4% withdrawal rates. Yeah, like that's another myth. <laughs> yeah, your money will... Boy, you know, I'll tell you the one thing about this industry... We never update rules nope. at all. We follow the same rules over and over. And over. Uh, real quick, yeah, I, I'm sorry ahead. I didn't no, get to. I, I'm sorry I didn't get to questions today. But one quick question uh, was early on. Um, we were talking about yields. Uh -huh. Will yields go to zero? Yes. Uh, in the next recession, we will get to zero. Uh, we wrote articles back in 2018, 2019, talking about how in the next recession, yields would go towards zero. We got down to half a percent. So we were we were within the margin of error uh, of getting to zero. Why are rates Given going down now, though? But to add that to that, because what I'm saying is that it seems such a conundrum where we're supposed to be going into this new growth rate, according to the president, this new 80s paradigm, like mm -hmm. a Reagan-esque kind of thing. Um, because but yet yields are going down. What's going on? Because you can't fund growth from debt-funded stimulus. And with stimulus now, the system, we talked about this earlier. The, the Here's show, an article for you, ProPublica. <laughs> economic growth is going to slow. Um, and so that's going to happen real quick. Um, also, too, I think I, I one more in here. Could pension fund troubles uh, be an event it will be a, a coincident event of the next crisis. Um, two things are already happening now. We're seeing a lot of people got laid off from their jobs um, during the COVID crisis and they're not coming back. Those individuals are gonna start drawing on their pension system. 
if you get to the point to where you have a sustained bear market that really begins to worry the investing public about the value of their retirement, you will see a rash of boomers start to draw on pensions. And given the underfunded pension status, that becomes part of the accelerant to a crisis when it occurs. So again, we need a real bear market. March 2020 was just a correction. Well, if we get into a real bear market, 40, 50% decline, you are going to trigger a pension fund, uh, kind of what they call a run on the bank, a pension funds, and that will accelerate the crisis. Great, great comment. We'll try to talk about that on the show here. Coming up, Richard, thank you so much. My pleasure. Joining today. Uh, be sure and stick around. We'll have three minutes on markets and money. I'm going to go through uh, the yield analysis again for our three minutes on markets and money today. So we'll have that up on the website as well shortly. And latest blog post, more newsletter, all on the website right now. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Have a great day. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet. Sign up for the Real Investment Report now at realinvestmentadvice.com. It's a rich man's world. Oh!